DJ and PK, time to welcome in Doug Haller, Arizona State writer for The Athletic. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. Doug, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. We are curious. How is Arizona State? 2-0 and and nationally ranked. You feeling like that's legit or you got questions? What are you thinking? Well, I think anyone who's watched them uh, would have questions. Uh, they've played Southern Utah and UNLV. And maybe, even though if you look at the scores, they won uh, pretty easily. Uh, I think, you know, maybe they played two good quarters um, during those eight, uh, probably the last two quarters against Vegas this past Saturday, the defense finally came together. The offense showed some signs. But other than that, you know, the passing game is a question mark. The defensive line has not been as good as everyone expected. So, yeah, going into this game, there, I think there are still some questions about how good this team really is. Doug, I got a great story idea for you. You, you don't even need to thank me. You'll love this story. <laughs> RSL is Major League Soccer team here in Salt Lake, I'm sure, as you probably know. And their coach, their interim coach, is a graduate of Thunderbird High School right there on 19th and Thunderbird. So it's a great local story. Plus, Doug, not only is that the connection, but myself, I am a graduate of Thunderbird High School, and your longtime friend, Scott Bordeaux, is a graduate of Thunderbird High School. Man, I mean, the, the connections are just overwhelming, Doug. Yeah, those are three legends right there. <laughs> um, you know, coming out of, of Thunderbird High. You don't see that very often. And I think probably the only thing that compares uh, isn't uh, Stan Musial and King Griffey Jr. from the same hometown. Um, so maybe, you know, right along those lines. Maybe not quite to that level of two Hall of Famers, but we're, we're really, really close. Yogi Berra and Joe Garagiola on the same street in St. Louis. How about that? Same neighborhood, yep. Yeah, we're, we're definitely in that same neighborhood with those three. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson and Janis Joplin were high school teammates or classmates. <laughs> no, that one I, I did not know. I would not have guessed. That is definitely an odd couple right there. So you mentioned that passing game and – we're waiting, waiting, waiting. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I mean, they got all these receivers. It seems like they got one four-star after another, but I don't know that they can even gain four yards in the past game. What is going on, and what can happen to what needs to happen to make it be more proficient? Yeah, um, you know that, that was kind of a storyline last year as well. Uh, Jaden Daniels came in his first year. You know, he, he had pretty good receiver to throw to him, Brandon Ayuk, who turned out to be a number one draft pick. Um, did Brandon Ayuk help out, make Jaden look a little bit better uh, than what he was at the time? Maybe. Uh, but, that you know, that may have worked both ways. Um, but it, you're, you're right. A couple years ago they brought in, I think, four receivers uh, who are ranked as four stars coming out of high school. Um, so there was a lot of excitement. Uh, Johnny Wilson, 6'7 kid from California, L.B. Bunkley-Shelton was another one. Chad Johnson, um, Jr., his dad played in the NFL. So there was a lot of excitement. And it's just, I mean, last year you could see it. Um, they just kind of weren't on the same page. They didn't have that chemistry. And then, you know, this year it's pretty much the same thing. I'm a little bit surprised because they've had a full offseason without any, you know, COVID restrictions to kind of iron that out. But not much has changed. And it's not all on the young receivers. 
you know, Jaden Daniels is in his third year now, and, you know, he's, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, in practice, just when, when things were open a little bit more, you know, he was overthrowing Johnny Wilson. You know, Johnny Wilson's six foot seven. Um, you know, so, and, and, and even in the first two games, we've seen some, you know, some passes that he's completed, but, you know, there, it's the receivers have kind of had to break off their, their routes a little bit to, 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 to wait for it, or he throws behind him a little bit. So that is the concern. Now, you know, we made a big deal here locally about who's the number one guy, who's it going to be. Maybe they don't need a number one guy. Maybe you could do it by committee. I don't know the answer to that. But it's definitely uh, uh, something to watch. The running game solid. The passing game uh, remains a work in progress. So, Rashad White, is he uh, going to fight? I think all Utah fans here remember Eno Benjamin uh, having big games against Utah and going off the NFL and being really good. Is, is White cut from the same cloth? Yeah, well, they're different. Um, you know, Eno was a pure running back. Rashad is, I mean, he's, he's a little bit more versatile. Um, Rashad could be, you know, I think probably a receiver if he wanted to be. Um, and they use him that way, too. They, they throw the ball a lot to him, but... He's just a guy that when you put the, when you put the ball in his hands, you know, he ends up getting seven, eight, nine, ten yards every time he touches the ball. Um, he averaged ten yards a carry last year, and you know that's impressive. It was over only four games, so I, you know, stretched out to a regular season that he, he would have averaged that, but it was still impressive. Yeah, I think six fifty-yard uh, plays. Um, so yeah, he's, he's explosive. He can make things happen. Um, good speed, good size. He's he's going to be a factor in just about every game they play. So defensively, they got everybody in their dog back. I know they had the injury up front on the defensive line. Uh, but other than that, they return everybody, and it sure didn't look like it in the first two drives against Vegas. But then after that, they clamped down. What's going on there? Yeah, kind of, uh, I mean, I don't want to say disappointment, but, you know, not the defense. Not that, you know, we, they talked all, all preseason about domination, which is, you know, that's preseason talk for a lot of programs. But, you know, when you, when you return, as you mentioned, um, all 11 starters until, you know, their star defensive tackle went down with a season-ending injury. And not only that, but their entire second team returned. <laughs> so, I mean, this is a veteran group. Uh, they played a lot of games. Their entire secondary came back for their sixth season or their, their extra COVID season. Some it's, for, for some, it's their sixth. For some, it's their fifth. So these guys have seen just about everything. Um, and it really just hasn't materialized the way we, I think, the way people thought. Losing Jermaine Lole up front, he was, you know, an All-American candidate to enter the season. That that's huge, and I think people are now just kind of understanding how big that is. The the, the defensive front has not gotten the, the four-man pressure um, that they did last year with Jermaine in there. Um, and then you know with UNLV, you mentioned I mentioned, and you, you pointed out the second half. You know what really kind of turned it around is they had to start sending extra you know, more pressure. Uh, blitzing a linebacker and you know it worked I mean they really shut down Vegas in the second half changed the game but I think they were a little bit concerned that they had to go to that just to make a difference that you know they couldn't get the four-man pass rush with the, with their front out there um, the linebackers have been pretty good Darian Butler has been real playing at a high level he's a four-year starter um, Kyle Soleil has always been solid Merlin Roberts has been there for four years and then the, the secondary has been pretty pretty solid but I think everything needs to start with the improvement up front. So Kyle Whittingham said that they lost the game to BYU in the trenches, and he came back on his Monday press conference and said, BYU just pushed the Utah defensive front around, and he couldn't remember the last time they got pushed around like that. 
when you hear that, combined with what you've seen from ASU, what is your expectations for BYU's ability to run the ball? Yeah, that's going to be the big thing. Um, that anytime Kyle Whittingham says that about it, I mean, a Utah given their, their reputation and what they've done in the Pac-12, uh, that's something that you kind of underline and highlight. Um, and, and given the fact that Arizona State has you know not been as good as expected up front, that that bodes well. That does not bode well for Arizona State. Um, they've been fairly good uh, against the run, uh, but you know it's it's really hard to you know look at Southern Utah and UNLV, and they might go on to have good seasons. But it's hard to kind of compare that to what BYU has done with BYU playing two Pac-12 opponents to start off. You know, I think B, I think Arizona State's going to play better on Saturday. I do. I think they'll play their best game that we've seen so far. I don't know if it's going to be good enough to win, especially on the road, especially you know the timing, you know playing them at week three, given where they are and where Arizona State is. Uh, but that, I mean, I think that's that's probably the storyline of the game going into it for sure. So the good news, though, is the last time the Sun Devils used the fullback like they have in Case Hatch, I think they went to the Rose Bowl. So, I mean, I'm thinking, come on, Case Hatch, he's our guy. Yeah, Case Hatch. Um, I just wrote a story <laughs> about this on The Athletic. He's, I think after two games, I, you know, if anyone ever picks an offensive MVP after two games, he would get my vote. Um, it just seems like he's out there and they don't use him. You know, he's not out there every play, but when he does – Good things happen. Um, he's been. They've, I think Arizona State has uh, nine rushing touchdowns, and he's delivered a key block on seven of them. Um, you know, like most linebackers, came into the program as a. He was actually a walk-on. He was a linebacker. Uh, you know, given their depth there, he switched to fullback. And you know, Arizona State has not used a fullback like a lot of schools in many, many years. So there's a lot of excitement around him. He's a local kid, uh, and he kind of has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. You know, he, he wanted to go to BYU. Um, growing up, he got a scholarship offer there, and uh, then they had the coaching change, and Bronco left, and, you know, they stopped recruiting him. And so he you know, he says he's had this game circle for a while. He was disappointed with last year's game. It didn't happen because of COVID. But he knows, uh, he said about half the BYU team, and you know, he's already informed his better friends on that team that be ready because he's coming full speed. We like to call him Brother Hatch up here. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he's he not really different. So that's one thing Arizona State has been able to do, and one thing I think they will be able to do, uh, regardless of who they play. I think with, you know, we haven't mentioned their offensive line, uh, but, you know, they have four starters back, and, you know, last year they proved that they could run the ball even when teams kind of stack the box against them. So I think they will be able to do that, um, especially with Case back there. Uh, not only with Rashad White, who you brought up earlier, but they have another back, uh, Diamante Trainum, who's really good. Didn't play last week, and his status for this week is, is unknown, but uh, that's like a really good one-two punch. Uh, so they will be able to run the ball. And, you know, and, and last week, Jaden Daniels showed that he can escape a little bit. I think people thought he, you know, decided to run a little too early and started waiting on his receivers. But uh, uh, they'll be able to do that. Now, whether or not they'll be able to uh, – you know, move the chains or score through the passing game. I think that's <laughs> that's the, that's the Plus, question. Their uh, their center had missed some practices earlier in the week. Is he going to play? Donovan West. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's an all Pac-12 player. Uh, you know, probably will finish his college career whenever that is as as an All-American. He's that good. He's he's their center, and he did miss a couple practices earlier this week. 
but he was on the field uh, yesterday. We got to watch, I think, 10 minutes, and he looked like he was a full participant. Now, <laughs> who knows? They could have yanked him off as soon as we left the, the practice facility, but he did, He was out there and, and running drills and lined up for uh, you know 11-on-11 work as we were walking out. Doug Howler joining us, Arizona State writer for The Athletic. Uh, with the conference realignment domino, dominoes falling, there are plenty of stories out there about the Big 12 is looking at other Power 5 teams. And I read that Pac-12 teams might be interested unless the Pac-12 gets a lucrative TV contract that's worth way more than the Big 12 contract. I assume they're alluding to the Arizona State schools, Arizona and Arizona State, that those have been uh, you know, mentioned for a long time. What do you think the level of interest is there? Well, yeah, you're right. That, that's been out there for a long, long time. Um, and I remember, I can't remember, oof, I think the last time all the realignment stuff uh, happened, which was, gosh, I don't even know, it was three or four years ago now, maybe even longer. Um, I, I talked to Ray Anderson, the, the Arizona State Athletic Director, about that. And you know, even before I got it all out, he, <laughs> he was pretty against it. He's like, no, we're happy where we are. Uh, and just knowing Michael Crow, their school president, I know he – um, feels like they're aligned exactly where they should be in the Pac-12. I, I would be really, really, really stunned if that happened. I think a lot of stuff would would have to happen, and, and um, their confidence would have to be shaken. Um, not and not only you know with how the Pac-12 is done in football, but on a whole different level for them to to look to go elsewhere. At least for the time being, now knowing that stuff will come down down the line, has the investigation sort of quieted? relative to the team playing week to week now? Yeah, I think it has. Um, you could still feel uh, the pressure from it. Um, just being, I mean, I, mean I, I argue with fans about this all the time. They say there's not, this is not a big deal. And I just have to remind them, like, this football team has three <laughs> new assistant coaches because of this investigation. It's, you know, I, a lot of it, people point fingers to me in the media for making this a bigger deal. Uh, the university suspended the three, the three assistant coaches. And, and yeah, they, they backfill those. They have some capable guys that they had in support roles that they were able to, to move into those positions. But at the same time, that stresses the support staff, you know, things that GAs did and analysts did before, you know, now those, those responsibilities have to go to other people. Um, and it wasn't like they had a whole off season to prepare with new coaches. I mean, <laughs> one happened a month before practice started and, uh, two were suspended, uh, a couple weeks into practice. So I think that's part of it. Um, also, you know, at some point the NCAA is going to start interviewing coaches, uh, on the staff and, you know, that's probably going to happen during the season. You know, <laughs> what is that going to look like? I mean, are coaches going to be wondering, you know, what another coach is saying to the NCAA? I mean, it's, it's, it has been different. Um, you know, Herm Edwards has said it's not been a distraction. That's impossible. Uh, I think there's a sense that we really need to have a good year this year because no one really knows what next season's going to look like. Doug, as always, we appreciate you coming on the show, and we will probably bug you again before the Utah-Arizona State game. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, that's coming up quickly. But, no, I appreciate you having me. Doug Howler, Arizona State writer for The Athletic. Join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. When we come back, your feedback, everything you got to say about today's show. And we will do that coming up next. A reminder, a lot of college football, but a lot of teams on the road. BYU is at home, but uh, the Utes 
and Air and Utah State are both hitting the road. Weber State is home, and Weber State fans, your ninth-ranked football team takes on number three-ranked James Madison. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, purchase your tickets now at WeberStateSports.com or by calling 801-626-8500. 801-626-8500. These two teams have played some good games in the postseason. Now they're meeting in the regular season tomorrow night in Ogden. 801-626-8500. Number three versus number nine. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.